We're judging the world and seeing what sucks. We're reviews versus the world. Welcome to Reviews versus the World podcast. Today we're doing Reviews versus Pixar. Go around and introduce everyone. He has a successful dental practice at 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. Aldo! I just swallowed half a sandwich. <laughs> she recently said, I don't want to get married. I want to stay single and let my hair flow the wind as I ride through the glen and firing arrows into the sunset. Emily! I'll take it. He can't get the just, just don't tell her fiancé. <laughs> He's not here. I so. love him. I love you. That's why that joke worked. Um, <laughs> he can't... Our next uh, panelist can't get the triple mint gum jingle out of his head. Steven! Yeah! Not this again! (laughs) (laughs) We all secretly live in his toy box. His name is on the bottom of all of our shoes. Brady! Yay! (gasps) Holy crap, Steven! Welcome! (laughs) How did he do that? How am I going to get new shoes? (laughs) (laughs) This was all an elaborate prank. Finally, someone who defrauded a major corporation robbed the second largest bank in France using an only only a ballpoint pen, created a hole in the ozone layer over Avignon, and killed a man with this thumb. John, that's me. <laughs> uh, let's start with what everyone's been into, Stephen. Ah, okay. So, um, I've been watching She-Ra. She-Ra! <laughs> I love She-Ra, everybody. Yeah, um, oh boy. Did we go into a time machine going back 30 years? No, I own it on DVD. Yeah. <laughs> so, so did we go on a time machine back to... Never hey, mind. hey. Physical media is not dead yet. <laughs> um, yeah, and as you might suspect, Hira is remarkably terrible. <laughs> but, I mean, there, there are some elements of it that are really good. Like, there are a lot of seeds that would make a really strong story tree if right. they were nurtured properly. Like, you know, She-Ra is the head of a rebellion against the evil Hordak. And unlike Skeletor, who is basically just, you know... Kind of useless. Yeah. Like Hordak has won. He oh he rules the world. So Shira is like the head of the rebellion against Hordak. Mm-hmm. And so there's some nice tension there. Of course, the Masters of the Universe character designs are pretty cool because otherwise they couldn't make toys out of them. There you go. Right. Yeah. yeah so I mean, there's a lot of stuff to like in it. Unfortunately, the animation, plot, and voice acting and music aren't among those things. You don't like the theme song? It's the best theme song in the world. Are you kidding me? Shira, it's Shira. No, trust me, everybody. Oh, it's the best. No. It's going to change your life. No. Trust me. No. Don't listen to Stephen. <laughs> also, um, reading some comics, I read uh, the recently collected Superior Foes of Spider-Man. How is that? I started oh, it and couldn't get into it's, it. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's basically Hawkeye if all of the characters in Hawkeye were actually supervillains who were down on their luck instead of Hawkeye. Um, so it's Hawkeye. this sort of like, what do these supervillains do when they're not being foiled by the Avengers, or in this case by Spider-Man. Right. And uh, it's pretty interesting. The character works pretty good. Art's great. Hawkeye is better. Mm-hmm. But this is pretty solid for, for someone looking for like a similar thing. Sweet. So, yeah, that's what I've been into. Yeah, give that a second chance, then. Emily? I've been watching Smallville. Uh. We were talking about Superman before this podcast, just so you guys know. We um, were. No, um, I had never actually seen it just because it never piqued my interest, but Curtis is like, oh my gosh, I have six seasons. It's <laughs> about three seasons too many. Well, yeah. We were in season four, like we're about three-fourths of the way through season four right now, and it, it started really charming, 
But now I'm at the point where I'm like playing Sudoku and just kind of <laughs> looking up to see if I've missed anything massive. I mean, I still love certain characters. Like, I love Lex Luthor. Lex is great. Yeah, he's best. the best part of that show. Easily. Easily. But I'm so sick of Lana. And the pro she makes Ugh. everything... Even when she's done something wrong, she's like, well, you did this. It's like, shut up and die. <laughs> and she's not as cute as Chloe. Seriously, I can't. I can't. So here are my issues with Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> just, he, was so, he was so ready to just pounce. Oh, I, I was. As soon as she says Smallville, I'm like, Ugh. I've got a rant prepared for this. Hold on, hold on. Let me go open up my Word file. I've been working on this for months. <laughs> so Smallville is the worst-paced television show in the history of television shows. So here's how every episode of Smallville, except for maybe the season finales, works. All right. So you have your you have your opening segment where some sort of villain or problem is introduced. You know, pretty standard. And then it goes to Clark in his everyday teenage life, and he encounters the problem, fails, encounters the problem again, wins, and then you still have 40 minutes left of the episode. <laughs> that is just filled with overdramatic, badly written, badly acted teenage drama, and I it's just, it, it doesn't know how to pace an episode. I really do love Smallville. <laughs> you know the part? You think... know the best part? Somebody save me 5,000 times over. I just Ugh. don't think Brady is you the intended zero. audience. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, well, Brady, apart from hating Smallville <laughs> and wishing death upon its creators and uh, cast and everyone, what, what's been what's going on? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've I've been into a few things. Yeah. So, um, first of all, I've been playing a lot of Splatoon because we are doing. I'm doing a review for it, so I'm getting a lot of footage captured for that. Looks pretty awesome. And that'll be coming pretty soon. Um, I've also been really into a lot of different cartoons. Because cartoons are awesome. Amen. And one of them, Stephen actually turned me on to it because, you know, if you've ever been to our Facebook page, you know that we put up little statuses every once in a while. And Stephen called it his favorite show, his favorite cartoon currently on the air, and that's Stephen Universe. Hmm. So I gave it a shot, and I kind of like it. I feel like Stephen is biased to that show. Hey, he spells it differently. It's true. It's Steven with a V, and I'm Steven with a PH. He's so, you know, a I'm a Steven. But, but, but I, I know that we did our whole podcast last month for title sequences, but the title sequence for this show is wonderful, it's and great. it gets stuck in my head, and I actually had a moment where I had to message Steven upset, <laughs> and he had no idea why, because it was stuck in my head. Um, no, that is not my fault. I did not write the Steven Universe theme song. Yeah. And then, other than that, um, oh, and I've been really, really enjoying season two of Rick and Morty. <laughs> which... The more I hear about that, it's universally, everyone's really excited that it got picked up for another, uh, I hear that it's great and uh, worth a, worth a. Okay, I, I will say this. Community is my top five sitcoms of all time. It's all five of them? Yes. Community is one through five, your favorite sitcoms. Yes. Because okay. there, are, there are different timelines. You oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we can make all five right. So, that being said, 
Rick and Morty is Dan Harmon's best work. Oh. And it's the best cartoon on TV right now. Is it? I will also say this. Do not watch it with children in the home. Because it is extremely risque. It goes into some very, very dark places. But the thing that I, that I absolutely love about it is it takes a lot of the tropes that you see over and over and over in TV and completely turns on, on its head. So, as an example, you have an episode where... Um, where you have Morty, who's, you know, the little, the little kid. He's your Marty McFly, except for with less social skills and no skateboarding skills. Right. And he is in love with a girl at his school, but she doesn't notice him. And so he goes to his grandpa Rick, his ab abusive, crazy, genius scientist grandpa Rick, and says, you know, I want, I want a love potion. You, I go on all these adventures with you. You, you kind of abuse me a lot. You, you make me feel like crap. And, I, and you owe me something. You, you owe me this, Grandpa Rick. You owe me this. And so he, he makes him this love potion. And, of course, it gets out of control because someone has the flu. And then everybody is in love with Morty. You know, it's something that you've seen before. Right. But I'll just skip forward you know, a good 15 minutes in the episode to a point where everybody in the world has turned into these Cronenberg monster blobs because of this, because of this virus, this love potion that Uncle Rick, that Grandpa Rick made. And then it goes downhill from there. They have to basically just decide to start over. And so they find a parallel universe where the Rick and Morty there were able to solve the problem with the Cronenbergs but they immediately died so that they could just slip into their lives. It's very kind of disturbing, but also wonderful. Huh. You are the fifth person to try to sell me on this, and you are the fifth person to fail. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit like Bob's Burgers, where the animation style can definitely be a turnoff, especially for Rick himself, because, you know, he's an alcoholic, he's always drooling, and... He kind of has a weird way of speaking. And, and I'll say that the co-creator the co of the show is the guy who, Justin Roiland, who does, does a, lot of, a lot of stuff with Adventure Time and does the voice of Lemon Grab. Ah, uh, nothing's turned me off this show faster than that. Yeah, and I thought it would. <laughs> Hate but that guy. <laughs> that being said, this is including Bob's Burgers. It's my favorite cartoon on show on TV right now. Okay. Huh. Aldo. Uh, Aldo has been into hilarious web comics, <laughs> and, I, and I approve hilarious web comics. Except like seventy percent of them are not safe for work, so like I don't want to share them, but they're <laughs> equally hilarious. Um, <laughs> no, what I uh, what I, what have I been into? I've have been playing uh, two, vi three video games. I've been playing uh, Tembo the Badass Elephant. What? Uh, <laughs> what is this? Which is a game by the creators quicker. of Pokemon. Well, it's really? made by Game Freak and, and Sega. Okay. And it's essentially like a really good Sonic game made by Game Freak. Uh, because you play this badass elephant who is like essentially a Rambo, but an elephant. What, is that like a special breed? Like, no. Is it like African no, just or a, Asian? Or? I think it's uh, African, maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> just just <to> <laughs> Okay. I don't. I'm just yeah yeah um, no so you play it's a side-scrolling uh, platforming game and you play this elephant and you can like 
jump and you can do butt stomps and you can roll around and you can blow water out of your trunk and you have to go through these platforming sections you have to save citizens who then ride on your back for the remainder of the level um and so they cheer when you kill something and they're like yay um <laughs> that's pretty awesome that's it's really fun um you had you it's pretty cool you, co really you collect peanuts instead of like coins like in mario and once you get 300 peanuts you get a peanut butter jar and peanut butter is your lives so I feel like the word peanut was used way too much in that last sentence. Probably. <laughs> How would you describe a peanut? I've also ah! been, <laughs> also been playing uh, Long Live the Queen, which is, I, and I told Steven about I've this. I've always wanted to try this game. And it's a really fun game, but you you play, you, you are like the caretaker for a 14-year-old princess whose mother has died, and you're supposed to take her to lessons and get her properly trained so that she has like the correct stats so that she can make it to be a queen and get... Uh, crowned, um, but mine constantly dies, so I constantly have to like restart over. It's kind, of, it's really text-based. It's really. How do you? I was gonna say, kind of defeats the purpose of as a long live the queen if she, if it constantly. Like dies. the premise yeah. of the game is that you, you're supposed to groom this young woman so that she can take over and be the queen, and there are like rival factions that want to bump her off. Because they oh. want to put their air on the throne. There's a lot of politics involved. I was and just like, like, how does she die so fast? So, so the She's way she's fourteen. Like, no, so there's like six. So, Have you ever met a fourteen-year-old girl? I was a fourteen-year-old girl all the time. You see. The only thing that stops <laughs> boys from killing girls when they're fourteen is because boys are fourteen years old at the same time, and also really annoying. <laughs> no, Sorry, so it's a teenager thing. Teenagers so, are annoying. Yeah. I apologize so, I mean, to all of our teenage listeners. So we love like, you. So there's like a lot of politics involved, and like you have as you as you groomer, you groomer and stuff like. Uh, like etiquette, like yeah. uh, like real etiquette, dancing, uh, you know, agility. You also have to teach her politics, foreign affairs, and inte foreign intelligence. So basically, the Princess Diaries. Uh, yeah, but more Julianne. interesting. Okay, uh, yeah. it's like the Princess Diaries meets Kill Bill. I'll buy yeah, that. I'll buy that. So, I'll buy that. so you do this. So, like in my recent like playthroughs, uh, I have to like get her to know uh, etiquette. So that when she gets this gift from like a neighboring country, she doesn't automatically put on the dress, put on a necklace that automatically throws her to like the prince of this other nation. So now she like rejects it. Uh, but then like now, now when I go to a party to like a gala thing, I have to make sure that she dances with like a woman and not one of the other men, because then they'll think that that man is going to be betrothed, and it's just like. And she always dies on the way to a birthday party, so you <laughs> should probably make her stop taking that. <laughs> <laughs> and the last the last game I've been playing has been uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse, which is just a Dragon Ball MMO where you make your own character. You pair up with Trunks and you go through time and fix stuff. Cool. Huh. What platforms are all these for? Just PC? Or? I've been playing all of them on PC, um, but Tembo I think is available on most everything except the Wii U. And Dragon Ball Xenoverse is also available on most everything but the Wii U. Right on. Cool. Yeah. I've been um, making up movie games. And that's been my life for the last little while. Yay! Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Have you been playing Exploding Kittens? Uh, I've only played it once all the way through. Oh. Um, but it was great. It's so much fun. Did the kittens yeah. explode? Not on me, they didn't. <laughs> I won the first game. And I promptly lost the second one. I have so. I've been playing that twice daily yeah. uh, this whole week, and I am the reigning champion so far in the <clears> office. Question. Yes. What's Exploding Kittens? Yeah, please oh, tell me. It's the most successful... Kickstarter ever. So it's it's like Uno. That, that tells nothing. That tells you. <laughs> no. Nothing. So it's like Uno, but made by the guy that made the onion. Oh, not the onion. The oatmeal. Uh, the oatmeal. Oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, so so the, you draw cards, 
if you get the exploding kitten, you die. Right. You have cards that can prevent that from happening. Yeah, and so... And you so, just go around until there's only one person. Yeah, so the way it kind of works is that you have, like, cards that are, like, attack cards, skip cards, um, see the future cards where you can look at the top three cards of the deck, um, that type of thing. And so what you're trying to do is you're trying to avoid getting the kitten. You also have diffuse cards. So if you have... Everybody starts out with one diffuse card, so if you draw that kitten... Um, you can lay down your diffuse card and put that kitten back anywhere in the deck. I diffuse the kitten. Oh yeah, that's so funny. It's yeah. going to explode. I'll show it to you like while we're on a break. Oh yeah, it's really fun. It's fun. Um, so so that's kind of the thing is you're trying to set up other people so they they draw the kitten. So there's cards where you can steal other people's cards, so you can take their diffuse card, and that way when they get the kitten, they're like, oh no, I'm out of the game. <laughs> so last person standing wins. Awesome. Tons of fun, but they made they made boatloads of cash. Yeah, because everyone was it reacted to it like really positively. Just, it, it's a simple card game, funny little drawings on it, win win for everybody. So. That's that's a, that's a recipe for success you, right there. Do you also have the not safe for work deck? <laughs> no, no. Oh, I just got the plain old regular. And try it out. It's hilarious. It's yeah. just as hilarious. Because it's safe for work. It's not safe. No. <laughs> <laughs> Neither is most of the oatmeal. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Well, um, I figure we could take a little break here, and then we'll begin our discussion about uh, Pixar and all things Pixar-related and how wonderful it is and why Brady is wrong about which is the best Pixar movie. So many things. Oh, come on. So, coming right back. Brady, this is the point when you should start the real thing for real. <laughs> Listeners aren't going to know, but we've been going off like this for about 15, 20 minutes. Future Brady. <laughs> you can stop weeping now. <laughs> we are joined now by someone who just transferred from Fear Tech to Monsters University to study screen can design. Uh, Michael from The Closet Geek, welcome. Yeah. We are... We are excited to have you here. Tell us a little bit about Closet Geek. And sure, absolutely. So I'm Michael Ricks. I'm with the Closet Geek out of Closet Geek Studios. And we are, first off, I just want to say thank you very much for having me. And secondly, we are going to envelop your podcast. We're so totally, you should be part of the Closet Geek Studios. And we'll just throw <laughs> you on like iTunes with the rest of I know. Of <laughs> we, we, of do, you, we, of hey, we do assimilate others. So, you know, because, you know, everybody should come out of the closet about their geekiness. So, we are, like I said, uh, we're the Closet Geek, where geeks come out, and we bring you the latest and greatest of geeky news. We do a lot of the format similar to you guys, where we just talk about the things that we've done geeky for the week, and we want you know, what we want you to know about. And then, of course, from there, we talk about all the important news. Not all the news, because a lot of it is not important. Amen. I, I, that was a self-edit there. Uh, but, you know, so we, we go over it. Like, this last week, we went over uh, all the Disney Expo, which was a lot of news. Yeah. And there was a lot of announcements. And so we decided to just go through it chronologically <laughs> you know and it, it worked out really well um and you guys spend an hour and a half on the frozen sequel what <laughs> frozen sequel i must have missed that you guys watched a different disney expo yeah i'm like what? I, I just assumed that there was one announced no no frozen is a standalone it's frozen in time forever Hallelujah. However, the people who did the music for Frozen are doing the music for uh, G uh, Gigantic, 
which is the, the Jack and the, the Beanstalk, and the Beanstalk yeah. show. Yeah. I thought they did announce a sequel for Frozen. Not at no. D23, but somewhere else. No, if they if they didn't do it at D23, it doesn't exist. There's a short. Right. Yeah. There's, a, there's a Frozen short. That might yeah. Frozen. <laughs> yeah, anyway. but they, they announced plenty of animated films and, and other things. Coco. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, The Closet Geek is pretty awesome. We are coming up on episode 100. We've been podcasting for over two years. Um, we have a listenership that should be larger. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but we're four brothers. We jokingly say that we've combined our geeky powers to become the four horsemen of geek. and uh, Which means that you will be bringing the downfall of mankind. We are bringing the downfall of all non-geekdom. Okay. All four of them are pestilence. No, no. <laughs> I was gonna ask, are you pestilence? I'm war, I'm actually war. Oh, all right. <laughs> so I'm war uh, because I'm actually the only one out of the four of us who have any formal martial training. Ah, so I was gonna say so it's because you know. love lowrider. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, apparently, I apparently do not get that reference. The song, <laughs> wow. The song is made by Benny War. Oh, my oh. Right. Okay. I got it. I, that's not. Yeah, I'm like, is that is that the song? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, that almost that almost predates me, and I'm older than all y'all. So. What are you talking about? I'm forty. <laughs> yeah, man, really? she, you the straight face it. just didn't come to me. Uh, weren't you the one who said you were a twelve-year-old earlier? I said I was fourteen earlier. No, I said 12. You said twelve. She said, I'm, "I'm tiny. I'm twelve. Before we get too creepy. <laughs> I'm not actually twelve. She just sounds. By the it. way, just in case you didn't know. Anyway. So I checked with everybody, and I wanted to get a consensus of what everyone's favorite Pixar movies were. Before we get into what made the, the top three, w let's talk about Pixar um, and how great they are. You did everything. get my email on that. Yes, I did. Okay, fantastic. That was good. totaled in. Yeah, it, yeah good. Yeah. It, and it, it meshed with everybody. It was pretty, pretty clear what the top movies were. Well, uh, not too I'm, surprising. Now, did you also take note of what the top, the worst movies were? Yes. Good. We'll um, talk about that too. I'm yes. sure. <laughs> yes. We'll start with that, and then we'll get into happy news. So, does anyone have anything they'd like to say about Pixar in general? There's a couple I haven't seen, and I deeply cry about it every night. You should. Well, you know, everybody always wonders, you know, what the difference is between Pixar and Disney Animation Studios. And a lot of people have to understand they are not the same thing. Nope. Only owned by the same monolith creature that is Disney. <laughs> we are all owned by some sort of monolith creature. I'm so. owned by Disney. I'm owned by my wife, but she's not a monolith creature. <laughs> <laughs> I'm owned by Cthulhu. <laughs> that is a monolith creature. However, I'm surprised you're not dead by now, you deep one. All right. It is insane. I was yeah. going to say, I was like, you guys act like Disney is everywhere, and I'm actually wearing a Disney a Mouse shirt. shirt. <laughs> oh my gosh. I You've been simulated. That's worse than that. Ah! Ah! Um, I, I, cell phone cases. I actually, I actually get paid by Disney. So. <laughs> Nobody asked you. Hey, so it and started speaking out. Speaking about yeah. Pixar, though, <laughs> to bring the conversation back to the lighter it's, side. So of it things. started out as a branch of Lucasfilm, mm -hmm. and Pixar was the name of their product. It was a type of software, correct? Yeah. Yep, yeah. Check my fact. I mean, I know this stuff. But fact check. If I've been wrong. Done. Um, so. They hired an animator to show what their software could do. And that was John Lasseter, who worked mm -hmm. as a Disney animator. And that was the Woody short. Several of the shorts. And so, the, and the uh, light short. That so Luxo Jr. 
I think the first one is actually The Adventures of Andre and Wally B. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Um, Red's Dream. It's a little unicycle. Dreams about being yeah. the big show. Mm-hmm. Um, Luxo Jr. There's Tin Toy. There's Tin Toy with the creepiest baby that Whoa. I have ever seen. <laughs> so creepy. Yeah. 80s computer animation. Right. 80s computer animation. <laughs> but there, I mean, there's some good ones in there. I, I enjoy um, Knick Knack. Well, that, that was really a great one. little snowman in a snow globe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to get the mermaid uh, snow globe. With the music by Bobby McFerrin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I remember that. I don't remember anything else about the short other than Bobby <laughs> McFerrin. <laughs> That's all you So they, they decided to do features, and then they did Toy Story. And then from there, the rest is history, really, because... And now been, for the rest of the story. Yeah. <laughs> it's been nonstop hits, even though some of them... As we'll talk uh, about, I wouldn't say hits. Well, successful. They wouldn't, they They've all been successful. successful. Successful, correct. However, the critics have hated no, they're, a yeah, good we'll, majority of and them. And we're <laughs> certainly going to talk about yes. that. We'll, 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 yes. We'll, we'll get into it. So, one thing that i got to say, though, since we brought him up already... John Lasseter might just be my spirit animal. It's either John yeah. Lass- it's either John Lasseter or Jughead Jones from Archie Comics. Um, John I love Lass- that both of those are the top wow. shelf in your mind. I like I admire creative professionals who can you can genuinely see that they put their love of the art before their oh. desire for profits. Um, and even when you talk about the like movies like Cars, which are the most toyetic things that Pixar has ever indulged in. John Lasseter made cars because he likes cars. Like, it's a passion project for him. Everything he does that he gets involved in, he really feels very strongly about. He's got a lot of of heart behind it. Um, And not to mention, he's also responsible in a lot of ways for bringing some of my favorite movies to the United States. He's one of the reasons that Studio Ghibli films are distributed through Disney. exactly what I was going to talk about. Yeah. And, And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't he now, like... Involved with Disney Animation Studios as well. He's the head. He's, He's the head. head. Yeah. Yeah. And so all of these, all these films, where it's this renaissance of the of the Disney Animation Studios, it's because of once again, John Lasseter. John Lasseter can very easily get the credit for that. Yeah. Yeah. I can say, like cars, but you probably like half a billion dollars more. <laughs> Wanted to check That's the fair. figures on That's cars fair. too. So for, um, yeah. for, for me to talk for me to House. talk about Pixar, I first have to talk about another studio. Let, let's talk about DreamWorks. <laughs> okay. Why? Half because of, half the, of the, the films they put show, out are crap. Exactly. <laughs> but but here's here here's what I will say. Um, while Pixar, every every film feels personal. It feels like it's a passion project. It feels like it's a vision. Whereas you have DreamWorks, where each of their films feels a little bit like Poochie, where it's <laughs> where it's a bunch of corporate suits saying, "Okay, what will people like?" Oh, people are really into the Big Bang Theory. Let's let's go ahead and get Jim Parsons in there. And hey, why not Rihanna? She's popular <laughs> these days. And let's throw in a bunch of songs that are in the moment. And it's it's more. In, instead of having that passion behind a project that you get with Pixar, you have what will do well to connect people to people in this time right now so that we can make a lot of money without much effort. And Pixar tries to, of course, make successful movies, but stories first. And they've shelved projects. They were going to make a movie called Newt about mm-hmm. two lizards mm-hmm. yep. that were the last two of their kind or something like that. And then 
some of their studio, I forget off the top of my head which one it was, did Alpha and Omega. Similar story with wolves, and they were like, no, we're not going to have yeah. this ants and Bugs Life kind of thing happen again. <laughs> we can you talk know. about that, too. Yeah. Hey, I like a Bugs Life. I like no, that Bugs Life is fine. bush to scatty bush Well, and so, you know, going going along with with this discussion of, you know, the corporate mentality, that's where I feel like... And we'll, we'll get into the our least favorites, but... I, I have a feeling that Cars is going to be there, and Cars is what I Cars is what I call Pixar trying to make a DreamWorks movie, and then you have something over at DreamWorks like How to Train Your Dragon, which I say is DreamWorks trying to make a Pixar movie. Oh, that's a completely different discussion because yeah, yeah. Well, How to Train Your Dragon is very much a DreamWorks well, movie. I was gonna say with you have to look at the content though. Everything in Pixar is an original story. Okay. Dream, DreamWorks Cars took a book series yeah, and, and made an animated feature of it. <laughs> so the characters and the story were already well developed and understood by those who were coming to watch it and those who were developing the film. Right. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, <laughs> yeah, all those reminded me. Pixar, 1995. This is a great history of Pixar's films. Okay. Pixar, 1995. What if toys had feelings? Pixar, 98. What if bugs had feelings? Pixar 2001, what if monsters had feelings? Then going on, what if fish had feelings? What if superheroes had feelings? If cars, if rats, if robots, if dogs, if Scotland, if feelings had feelings? <laughs> that's where we get to Inside Out. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've seen that, and I think that it's I, funny. And I it's haven't seen it. Fine, but at the same time, like, that's not yeah. really what the Pixar movies are. It's, it's no. not just exploring whether these inanimate objects have feelings or not. Um, although that's certainly part of it, it really boils down to the Pixar stories are stories that are relatable. The, the characters, they have motivations that are clear, the emotional core is something that the audience can care about. Um, it's stories that, if it weren't happening to bugs or monsters or superheroes, like it would, they would be things that our normal people deal with. Um, the Incredibles is all about family relationships and learning to trust each other as a family, whereas Finding Nemo is about the fear that comes from losing a member of your family. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Brave deals with some really, like, significant topics of conversation about loyalty to one's community versus loyalty to oneself and mm -hmm. one's own desires. These are things that people care about. And you take away the strippings of the, uh, or the trappings of, like, the, the toys and the talking cars, there's still an emotional heart to these movies that everybody can relate to. Oh, yeah. Until they make sequels. <laughs> except, except, I, I think said Pixar... It. I said it. Pixar, I think, has proven that you can make sequels that are as good, if not better, than the original. Because Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3... Toy I don't know how you rank them. Better. Maybe he looks like he disagrees. I think Toy I think Story 2 is on the bottom of... Not on the bottom, but it's close it's, to the bottom. Get into bottom. It. I did not well, enjoy Toy let's Story Let's talk 2. about it. Our, I think our consensus for the worst was Cars 2. Yeah. I saw oh, this in the Cars theater. Cars 2 is awful. I took, I took my uh, niece and nephew to it, and I was like, they'll enjoy it, I'll enjoy it, and the more I heard about it, and the more closer I got to actually seeing it, I was dreading it, because I was just, you know, wanted it to be good. And, and the, first the kids like, loved it, and, the, and you were no, like, oh, God. The, the kids who, it, it was, they are the demographic that they were going for. They turned to me and, Uncle John, can I play on your phone? I'm bored. And it was like, <laughs> wow. Hey, they got your buddy Mater. They're going to get him. Yeah, I don't want to... Uh, 
<laughs> they tried to do a spy movie, they tried to do a race movie, and they didn't do them very well, and there's only so much Larry the Cable Guy that you can take. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, They should have just done a Fast and the Furious movie. And just, just make hey, it ridiculous. They've what made if, seven, and they're gonna keep going. Yeah. What, if, what if Vin Diesel had feelings? Vin Diesel is like the geek's geek. He is. He is. So. He is Groot. I love Vin Diesel. I've told all of you this about a thousand times. Dude, I, still, I still love one of his first interviews when he was on... Uh, uh, Jay Leno, and mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, I have like a 17th level wizard that I'm working on. <laughs> That's great. And I'm just like, yes, D&D reference on well, Jay Leno. Well, he Dame Judi Dench, so... Nah. Yeah? <laughs> just saying. So I, I think it was funny, um, getting on the Wikipedia page for the Pixar films, looking at all of the, the uh, ratings. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> got it here. I, this is my research. It's, it's hilarious <laughs> to go through, because they list all of the Rotten Tomato rankings, and you've got like Toy Stories at like 100... Bugs Life's at 97, uh, Toy Story 2's at like oh, 98. Oh, they're all super high, and then you get to Cars, and it's Cars like... Cars is like 75, which is low, but still good. Cars 2's in like the 30s. <laughs> was, yeah. Yeah, let me pull that up. I was like, it was pretty bad. Even went into like the nominations. Like, yeah, let's see here. Cars 2, 39%. Ugh. Yeah. It, and like, it, anything 60 and above is fresh right. and and is still like even 50 and above i'll give something that's 50 like a chance if it's interesting to me but so are we are we talking now about the pixar things that we don't like well i think we've started to so we um, should probably just continue and then end with the good <laughs> brady brady um why don't you like Ratatouille? What's the matter with you? <laughs> I don't know. It, it just didn't connect with me. I didn't like... Have you no soul? Apparently. Have you never tried I, I to create I didn't something? Like, no, it's because I, I didn't like the characters. <laughs> and I, I didn't like the villain, the little French chef. I can't even remember his name anymore. Skinner. Yeah. Ian Holm played him. Yeah. Yeah. Ian Holm, Brie. Ian Holm. Bilbo yeah, he, himself. Ian Holm may Napoleon have played from him. from Time Bandits. <laughs> Ian Holm may have played him, but it didn't affect me. It's 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 one where I can I can see that there is a lot of great thought put into it, and the only moment where I felt where I, I felt like, oh wow, this this is good, was at at the end when he takes the ratatouille. That moment right there is the only part of the movie that really got me. The rest I was just like, Ugh. I don't know. Well, that it's, is, that it is just did part. not connect with me. However, I will note that it was number ten on my list. So it was not the lowest. Yeah, there's 15 possibilities. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it was in the lower so third. So it was, it was 10 of 15. Well, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are many reasons what... No, no. I wouldn't say the best. It is. No. It is. You can not. be... You I think it was number it. nine or somewhere on my list. <laughs> you see, okay, so Eight my list... Nine. I do have to say that my list, I'm pretty sure that by the end of it, I was putting like... I think Toy Story wound up really low on my list, but mine too. The and thing it, is, I, I love was, it. I was thinking through the movies. It's like, okay, I have seen thirteen of the fifteen Pixar films, and the ones that I don't like started around eleven. Like everything above eleven, it's a great movie. It's just, do I like Toy Story more than I like Nirvana? I don't know. Right. Nirvana, by the way, is for, The Incredibles. Yeah, but um, yeah. for for me, it was one of those things where I it was like, 
Well, if I sat down and I was had a choice between these two movies, which ones would I prefer to watch first? That's, yeah, and that's a good. That's what I use too. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, my uh, Toy Story is like the first. It's great. It's wonderful. Mm. I love Toy Story. It's a great story <laughs> about toys. And uh, but it was lower than other ones because given the choice, what would I mm. want to watch? Right. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Um, what, exactly. Do I what do I have on my shelf at home? <laughs> right. <laughs> Ratatouille, like, for a couple of weeks there, it was like I was either watching Ratatouille, Casino Royale, or Ocean's Thirteen. <laughs> that was like my wife and I when we first got married. That was just in like strict rotation. We would like watch those all the time. I don't know. But Ratatouille, I've never. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a time I've enjoyed something in the theater more or at, at that point. A few times, Guardians was one of those. Uh, the first 20 minutes of Up, when they get Oh my married, god, I can't. And then they get... That was only the first four and, four and a quarter. There's a reason it's not towards the higher end of my scale. Because the overall film I did not enjoy. The first five minutes are like, yes, a great film! The very and then they introduced good. the boy and the whole film went to crap. For me, it's the dog. When the dog shows up. I hate that dog. So, so, for, yeah. so for me, the dog is what made me get interested back into the movie because... I, I, Carl's okay, and the, and the little kid is, is fine, whatever. Well, it's, well, actually, Carl is a kid, isn't it? Mm. No? Okay, I don't... Carl... Okay. Anyways, Carl Fredrickson. Okay, so anyways, the point is, like, yeah. until the dog shows up, I, I kind of start losing interest. I, essentially, I've lost interest, and then the dog shows up, and I kind of start laughing again. Now, I hate bad puns. It's the entire reason that the most recent Pixar short falls flat Oh. Me. I love you. What is terrible? I don't like love. Lava, lava, lava. So, love, whoa. Anybody who dislikes it is so wrong. No, I will not like it until I take the song "I Love You" and I put it over Dante's Peak. Then it'll be worth something. I don't enjoy it. I must have not seen this short. Did you see Inside Out? Inside Out. No, I haven't seen. I haven't seen Inside Out. We're gonna spoil it. There's no spoiler. It's a Pixar film. They're all created equally in the same story arc you're gonna get it, it, they're all they're all you're, you're going to be surprised they're so, all created the same way by the same people. Like but I gotta say something about up still before we move on the climax of up the big action set piece at the end of up is a literal dog fight You've got pilots <laughs> flying around shooting each other, but they are dogs. It is a literal dog I fight. Know. And that is terrible. It's the best. It is the worst. It's the I, best. I have a problem with movies that make me feel too much, too hard, too fast. <laughs> so why and, do you like Pixar at all? <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I'm just saying Up was way too much. You saw the whole span of this beautiful love story in four minutes. I, I was probably sobbing for the next ten minutes because I'm like, why am I watching up, this? Up is why am I feeling this? That's why they give you a colorful ostrich named Kevin to you know, take the fair. edge off. Yeah. Not up is the equivalent no. of being like injected with heroin and then being told to wait two hours for another shot. <laughs> <laughs> that never that never arrives. You know, you know here's here's what I'll say. You know, here's what I'll say with up. Those first five minutes were enough to push it into my top ten. Uh-huh. And, and that's the thing. Everything except for Cars 2, I still like. Mm -hmm. Cars right. 2 makes me angry. Right. Cars 2 <laughs> makes me upset. 
My everything else is like, yeah, great, fine. Okay, oh, yeah, stock Hollywood, but they're cars. Yeah, I'm in. Uh, seven Samurai, but they're bugs. Yeah, I'm in. Great, Magnificent Seven, but they're bugs. Yeah, same thing. Great, Brother Bear, but they're Scottish. Brother Bear, but they're Scottish. Freaky Friday, but they're Scottish. Yeah, uh, Fantastic Four, but it doesn't suck. Yeah, great. <laughs> you know. That's what I was gonna say. With a baby really, scroll. Yeah, you really shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, you really I mean, shouldn't go see that, that movie. Just that, watch Incredibles again. <laughs> that that really is a thing. I mean, my number fourteen. So my second lowest one is A Bug's Life, yeah. and as I'm looking at it, I think it's number five on my list. I think it's in my top five for sure. It's it, not a, not a, 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 a Bug's Life is forgettable to me, and that yeah. and that's a shame. For a Pixar movie, being forgettable is actually kind of a grievous sin. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, that's my, that's Monsters You for me. I watched that film and I went. It's like a really horrible family version of Animal House, <laughs> which is which is horrific because Animal House, if you watch it in today, if you watched it today, you're like, this is the dumbest film in the world because it's so out of context. And so when they did Monsters U, it's like, this concept is from the 80s and you're making it in 09, I think it was, or something like that. You, It's out of touch. I like Animal House. There was a toga party, sir. Animal House Animal House was popular when I was in elementary school, and it made sense to me then. But since the times have changed, right. exactly. it's dated itself. Oh, yeah, there were good I'll moments say, in Monsters University. I'll, I'll say this. Yeah. Sorry. I don't go no, back. just yeah. let you go. Right, no, you're probably gonna say the same thing. Dealing with dealing with failure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that how they, they failed at school. They they were kicked out of school. Yeah. What did they learn? Work hard, work their butts off, and then they be, still become the top scarers. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I think it is kind of a little bit of a twisted, a twisted message of saying, ah, screw college, just work hard. Well, right? although to be fair, we kind of live in that time where yeah, it's screw college. College is not the only way to make a living anymore, and it's kind of like. I mean, I'm a manager. I get applicants for jobs, and a lot of them are college graduates, and it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, it's because, honestly, it would matter, but everybody has to pay $60,000 to go through college, and so by the time you finish college, nobody cares anymore. They just want to pay off their debt and die. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I, and I'll, say that, I'll say that the messages of Monsters University, along with Charlie Day's voice, pushed it into my top ten. Uh-huh. <laughs> who did he do? Who was he in the movie? He he, he was, was yeah he was art art yeah so much. I'm not going back to jail yeah that was yeah I like see that. I made that reference like two minutes ago and nobody else thought it was funny <laughs> uh, speak up gotta speak up I, didn't, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I honestly didn't hear you at all nobody hears me well, let's talk about the good stuff then um, our number three when we came to a consensus was the sequel it was Toy Story three. I'll start by saying, um, of all the prison escape movies I've seen, <laughs> this this edged out with The Great Escape. Oh, wow. The Great Escape has Steve crazy. McQueen. Oh. He jumps motorcycles in it. But does it have Lightning McQueen? Thankfully, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Actually, knowing Pixar's propensity for having Easter eggs in its movies, Lightning McQueen may very well be in there That's somewhere. Yeah. Um, actually, I think he is one of the toys, I bet. Your face, although. Or, or he might he be, might a be featured in a poster. They do so many Easter eggs, they, they, they probably crack themselves up. They're like, I, we're going to do this. Well, so A113 is in everything, because it's yeah. a classroom at Caltech. The, the uh, Pizza Planet truck from Toy Story is in all of them. Except in the, for Ratatouille, I think. 
Okay. There's one where it's not in there. Right. And then uh, John Ratzenberger. All I know yeah, is yeah. for the 25th anniversary, they're probably going to release a movie called Pixar, the Easter egg movie. <laughs> I would buy that, and I would watch it, I would and know. I would buy it in Blu-ray. <laughs> would you yeah. get it in Blu-ray 3D? No, 3D is stupid. Although, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pixar, when they did the remaster of Finding Nemo in 3D, oh, one yeah? of the thing that they did with it is rather than having all of the fish like pop out, they pulled everything back so it looked like you were staring into an aquarium. That's Which I think is probably the single best use of 3D I've ever say, heard of. Part of the movie isn't an aquarium. I know! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Toy Story 3 um, talks about growing up, you know, Andy goes to college. And go. It was the same guy, and it, you know, kids who grew up on Toy Story mm-hmm. went off to college, and you know, parents everywhere saw the movie and cried. Oh my gosh, <laughs> um, so bad. What else do we want to say so about Toy good. Story 3? It's, it's just amazing, and got nominated for Best Picture. And there's a Totoro um, reference. There's There's a to- there totally is. It's, Love it. it's not even a reference. Yeah. It's the full-on yeah. Totoro's yeah. in it. It's yeah. Totoro's in it. I mean, yeah. I, uh, um, the plush, right? Yeah. yeah. It yeah. won uh, two Oscars. Uh, uh, best, best picture and or best animated best feature, feature and, and best song. That's correct. Yeah. Which I think Tangled should have won best song because yes. I like the song from Tangled better than Randy Newman's latest. I right. Randy Newman. All his songs sound the same. That's what correct. Every song he's like Tangled? he's like the journey of of film. <laughs> hey, I ain't got All no their songs sound that. the same, but everybody loves it for good reason. Just no. like Journey, everybody loves no. Journey, but they all sound the same. Hey, it wasn't without Randy song. Newman, I would have never known that short people got no reason to live. <laughs> I don't know. I heard it from the King singers first, but anyway. <laughs> so you want to talk um, about though? You want to talk about you know making good sequels. Toy Story 3, not only was it a fantastic movie, but it is a fantastic movie that can't stand on its own. Like, it doesn't have the same emotional impact if you haven't it's seen true. the other yes. Toy Story movies. Yes, true. Yes, I agree. These are characters that we've grown to love, and not only that, but we've seen how they love each other and how they love their boy, their Andy, that they're taking care of. Mm-hmm. And so, having seen that in the other two movies, when the moment finally comes that they're not going to be with Andy anymore, like, that becomes heartbreaking. Oh, and I think yeah. you need... To see that journey before that is, it makes sense. The incinerator yeah. part had me like. Oh, the incinerator part! Right? Oh, I get like clenching oh my, my, like my seat. And I, I, I'm hearing <laughs> just that music. That. No. Well, like, well, like no. when they get to like when they're they're struggling to get out, which yeah. like you said, it's a very human thing. Any, but then they all just hold hands, oh and my it's God. like, oh, and I had forgotten right about now. the I had forgotten about the aliens because you just see them get swept up by the. Uh, uh, the, uh, like bulldozer. the bulldozer, huh? Yeah, and then you're like, oh no, like they're just gonna accept their fate, and then you're like, in the back of your head, you're like, this is a, this is a children's movie, <laughs> <laughs> and then you think, but, but death, right there, they're just holding hands and going into the fire, and then they, back, they have accepted. Ah. <laughs> it is, it is great how, um, how many Disney and Pixar movies recently. This is a bit of a tangent, not just Disney and Pixar, but there are a lot of children's cartoons recently that have really addressed how to deal with death. Mm-hmm. Um, Toy Story 3 approaches it. Um, I, as for all we said about Up, Up does talk about it. Um, yeah. And it talks about a type of death that doesn't get talked about very often in a lot of movies. Yeah. Even adult movies don't talk about you know kind of miscarriages all that often. Well, yeah. she just died of old age, but yeah. Well, I mean like the kid. They, they talked about that with no... Or you know, whatever the pregnancy yeah. thing happened. Oh yeah, yeah. Jeez, yeah. yeah. I, I, I love that sequence, and I totally forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, I thought man. that's what you were referring to. No, I was referring to the death of the old lady. Well, and and Inside Out is all about dealing with loss. Inside Out is a movie about repression. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get let's wait on that because we still have uh, Toy Story three ahead of us, and we haven't talked about Mr. Potato Head on our tortilla yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, the movie looks gorgeous, and then you look at that and, like, just the, the amazing animation. Like, they, you, how many weeks were they, like, messing around with a tortilla? Right. And, like, it's so believable. Seeing how a tortilla like, would move. Like, you know. a tortilla is not going to move with Mr. Potato Head on it. That's right. not a thing that happens. But if it did, that is exactly how it would move. <laughs> it's animation, good animation is, you know, making you believe that, you know, it's the illusion of life. You right. will believe you know, the tortilla It doesn't, move. you don't want to get into the Uncanny Valley part, part where it's, you know, like, um, uh, Tintin, where it's, like, supposed to, you know, right. all the, like, well, the like, motion capture. Toy Story yeah. 1? <laughs> no, Toy Story 1 was fine. No, like, the Uncanny Valley on Sid and Andy were terrible. For its time. For its time, it wasn't like, they weren't going, uh, I don't know, I think they was, they still made it a bit cartoony enough not to be, like, I still think. Well, I mean, that's more his time than anything else. But um, it's not the baby from Tin Toy. Oh no, (laughs) that was just terrifying. But um, so it wasn't directed by John Lasseter. It was Lee Unkrich. I never know how to pronounce his name. Lee Unkrich. Yeah, but he um, been at Pixar and, and took over and. Cast came back. Um, Jim Varney obviously passed away. Oh, and was yeah. take, taking over. Oh, I just but, saw the picture uh, from Tin Toy. <laughs> <laughs> but now, um, now that will be in your nightmares for the next few weeks. Yeah. Why is that? Why is that? Although, <laughs> <laughs> come back to the happy place. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here now. Oh, don't look it in the eye. <laughs> but no, it's just great because it's you know continuation of this story and this relationship and how these toys adjust to a new place and it's stuff they've gone through before you know but or uh jesse has a freak out because she's been abandoned as a toy before right. and she's oh. going through the same thing oh, again man. you know yeah if there's one criticism i can level at the toy story movies it's that its characters tend to go through the same arcs like literally how many times have they reset buzz lightyear's memory in some way or another i'll take spanish buzz i don't care <laughs> <laughs> so well for oh yeah me, me too I mean, it's it's a great gag, but at the same time, Buzz Lightyear's a character never grows past his character arc in the first movie. It mm. he never goes any further than that. Well, the other ones weren't really about like the second one was all Woody. Oh yeah, I mean the first one was Woody, but it was Woody. And also, Buzz, also so I have a question. So the toys are sentient, and so they know to like go limp when there's a person in there, and we can see them abuse this rule because they do that to Sid and traumatize him. And, are now responsible for thousands of dollars of therapy, but he becomes a garbage man. It's a steady job. <laughs> <laughs> but why? Why does Buzz, who wholeheartedly believes that he is a spaceman, go toy when Andy is in the room? Uh, if you question those things, <laughs> you've missed the point of the. Ba- <laughs> that's a rat hole that we can Reflex, not go down. Yeah, it's just. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. That's it's a, always, it's a movie. That's always bugged me. So much. Well, in the prequel to Toy Story, you show that all of the Buzz Lightyear toys are uh, subjected to that, you know, peel your eyes open video screen treatment a la Clockwork Orange. Right. So that they are conditioned to go limp every time a human being walks into the room. Space Ranger training. It <laughs> <laughs> got really dark for a Pixar prequel. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyone else want to say anything about Toy Story 3? I think there's, I mean, there's a lot there. We could talk about Ken. It's magnificent. I, I thought it was yeah. going to... Be the end, but then they announced a Toy Story four. 
But which I mean, I was worried about. I was like, do they really have? Like, Toy Story are they gonna? Are they, four it's could be Toy Story Four: The Search for Bo Peep. Hmm. Well, that's what it is. It's, it's going to be a love story. It's it's Bo Peep wasn't in the third film, right? Because they and they mention it in the very first part of the they film lost her, yeah. that they lost her. Now they're going to go find her, and they got the voice actress who did Bo Peep before to come back. So they have all the, doing all the that, same yeah. voice actors. Yeah. I mean, it, as long as they keep it as good. I mean, and the shorts have all been really good too. Oh yeah. Like Party Saurus Rex was great. <laughs> and the Hawaiian it. Vacation was great. Uh, um, Short Fry was all right, where he was in the support group of other, like the, the, like, yeah, the little girl. I can't remember her name, but I think Bonnie. that she's. I, I think that she's wonderful. I think that uh, Bonnie's wonderful. I think that she's. Even this might be heresy, but I think that she's even better than Andy. Well, Andy's barely a character. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he's a plot device more than anything else. Correct. So yeah. having a little a child actually be a character, I think he had, could only help the film. He, he probably had more dialogue in the third film than any of the other films as as the character. Definitely more than the second. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, and and you can definitely tell that some people were watching their own kids when writing Bonnie because I can picture. My little four-year-old <laughs> doing everything that oh, Bonnie yeah. does. Oh, yeah. I, I love oh, yeah. seeing that in, in children in cartoons. With, or and, Well, really anything. When a child actually acts like a child, mm -hmm. it, it's it's so cool. But I, the first one I loved because that's how my sister and I played with our toys when we were little. Oh, yeah. And, like, just the, I can't stop staring. Got your one-eyed bark. Oh, how'd you know stop it was me? Looking <laughs> stop looking at the baby. Stop looking at the baby. Oh, no, no. I can't. Marion, shut your eyes. Don't look at it. <laughs> Like, I haven't looked at pictures of this thing in Google Keep search. Keep your eyes shut! It's It felt like a Nazi. It has, like, it. it has, like, no tongue. There's, like, nothing into its mouth at oh. all. I can say to that is Uga Chaka. Uga, Uga, Uga Chaka. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Ally McBeal oh. flashback. Oh. Thank heavens for Guardians of the Galaxy that. saving that song from the 90s. Yeah, see, I never watched enough Alan McBeal to like get that associated. I I you don't have to. Baby. Well, most of you. All I wanted was a. How old do you think we are? I just, <laughs> I just wanted a Hasselhoff reference in Guardians. That's it. <laughs> I, don't think that, I don't think you would have crossed over enough. I just wanted them, like while they were in the kiln. To just like slowly pan over and he's in the corner eating a hamburger on the ground. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> you got Nathan Fillion in the kill. What more? Barely. That's Anyways, that's a whole other thing. So what's so next? number two is Inside Out, oh. which I think really should should be a Best Picture contender. Not like yeah, like, not not Best like, Animated Feature. Yeah, not just and I'd prefer him to like go back feature. to like just five in the Best Picture category rather than like. Oh, I'm kind of surprised Inside Out made it this high on our list. Me too. Like, really? Yeah, I mean, I put it, I think, number five on my list. I thought it was going to be number one. <laughs> no, like, I watched Inside Out, and guys, I've seen it four times in the theater. I loved this movie. Yeah. But when I had to sit down and think, did I like this more than uh, Finding Nemo? Like, Finding Nemo made me cry so much. And so did Inside Out. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm surprised. I'm not saying it's bad. I mean, Inside Out is my favorite movie this year. The only movie that even comes close to being a contender is Mad Max Fury Road. And to be fair, those are very different movies. <laughs> <laughs> I I saw it four times in the theater, too. And it's just, so good. It's so good. Just everything about it. We should really be telling Michael. Um, it's really, really <laughs> I'm good. the only one in the room who hasn't Dude, seen it. I well, let us that. tell you. So, so um, here's, here's what you do. Go and watch my review for Reviews vs. the World. <laughs> there you go. Inside Out. That'll put it up to six views. 
Because not all of us can be not all of us can be Steven with his Avatar review. Guys, Avatar's great. That's all I got. So is Inside Out. Let's talk about it. Yes. Amazing cast. Gorgeous animation. All of the characters, specifically Joy, but all of them are made up of like bits of energy and light. And so like she has a solid shape, but you can see that it's little light particles. She's like right. effervescent. Yes, and it's the gorgeous word. to look at. Oh, yeah. And they, they they did that to a lesser degree with the other characters. Um, brilliant stuff. You know, they consulted with uh, doctors, neuroscience neuroscientists. Um, people who know stuff about the brain. <laughs> they know things. <laughs> you know, they wanted to, like, reference different parts. One of the things that they said that they cut out was, well, the, the whole plot of the movie is that it's the inside of a little girl's head, and it's her emotions controlling her. And joy and sadness get lost in long-term memory. They get, kind, of. kind of. They don't, no, I mean, I mean they don't control her. Well, they don't control they her, react. but they, they react. So they're, they are, you know controlling her emotions, at least, because that's what they are. Joy and Sadness have to get back to headquarters where they can, you know, make Riley, the little girl, happy again. That's what they're trying to do. And uh, one of the parts that were going to get lost in memory were two buildings. One was names and one was faces. <laughs> and the two different departments didn't get along with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Explaining why, you, oh, I know their face, but I can't remember their name. Or, like, you know, the other way around, yeah. whatever. Um, but, you know, the whole... <laughs> The whole abstract thought chamber, the train of thought. Oh my god. Triple uh, dent gum. Triple dent gum. <laughs> so so one, one of the things that's cool that they explain is kind of how the brain stores memories. Yeah. And how there's essentially memories that essentially get kind of thrown out. And, they, and there's characters who are essentially the garbage cleaners. They're the forgetters. And, yeah. What they and they're the guys that go... Piano around. lessons, we don't need all this. Keep heart and soul. <laughs> Chop <Chocolate laughs> Get rid of the rest. Yeah. All okay. the U.S. presidents? Uh, just George Washington, Lincoln, and the fat one. Forget the rest. Forget the rest. <laughs> and they suck all of their memories off the shelf, and then they go into the memory dump and just are forgotten. Because yeah. she doesn't pay attention to them. So they don't get remembered. So one thing that I like about a movie, or really any narrative, um, I love metaphor. Like, I was an English major in college, I love metaphor. Inside Out is this massive metaphor. You're seeing everything from the perspective of basically a young girl's emotions, which of course they don't actually have a perspective, but seeing the story play out where uh, joy and sadness get lost in her brain so she can't react to what's going on with happiness or sadness, mm -hmm. um, it really does a good job of showing how this little, how old, she's 12, 11? 11. She's 11 years old, and she's been pulled away from her home where she grew up, all of her friends, she's moved across the country with her parents and she doesn't understand the reasons. She doesn't know how to react. Um, and it's shown through how the, the journey that these emotions take in her brain. It's a big metaphor for how she reacts to the move. Because if the story had just been about girl moves across the country and has trouble finding new friends, it would be an ABC Family made-for-TV movie. Right. Um, and it wouldn't be animated and it would be terrible. But adding this layer of metaphor to it makes it something that is a visually very very interesting mm -hmm. and b subtle enough that it, it's helping people it, it's cathartic without being overly preachy yeah mm -hmm. and and one of the things and part of the reason why i'm such a stickler for that little particulation like that little specificity that i brought up with john is that riley uh who is the 11 year old girl is as much a character as the emotions mm -hmm. in, inside of her because she's not being controlled like some sort of 12, 11-year-old girl robot that probably exists in Japan. But she is... <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> she, is, she is an actual character, 
and she has her own likes and dislikes and all these things. And the emotions don't necessarily control things she likes or dislikes, but more than anything, how she reacts to them. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of one of the, that's essentially the whole arc of the whole movie is how to react differently to, to your old memories. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things, to, it's nice to not just see the orb, you know, go blue and oh, okay, it's a sad memory. But seeing like how she as an actual person outside of her little headquarters thing actually reacts to it mm-hmm. outside. So I, I've seen this movie twice now. <laughs> I, I don't match her four times. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I had a different perspective the second time around than I had the first time around. Because the first time around, it was me, my wife, and, and my kids. But the second time around, it was me, my kids, and then my brother and his kids. And he has five kids that go from the age of 17 to 7. And just seeing how they reacted to the film, where they were at that age, where they could relate emotionally to this film. And that's, that's something that you can't really do very much when you're a kid. Like, you don't have that emotional connection. You can think that things are funny. Ha ha ha, they fell down. Ha ha ha, it's a fart joke. Yes, we're talking about DreamWorks movies again. Um, but this was an emotional connection that these kids were having, and it just brought the whole thing to another level for me. And that's why I put it as my number two. Yeah. I put it as, I think, three. What? What was because... mine? Huh? I can't remember what mine was. I'll check. <laughs> um, I think, besides casting being... Perfect. Oh, we have to talk about the casting. But I'll just say, it connected to me, I mean, we've all grown up and had that feeling where you can't control your emotions and you just, you know, it's hard growing up and getting used to new things, but I moved a lot as a kid and moved across town right in the middle of junior high school, moved across the country in the middle of high school and, you know, went to four different elementary schools and so it's just, it's hard and, and it... I don't know of another another movie or even any other stories that I've read that show that experience of you know, a big move and how it affected you. You put it as number three, just like I did. Yes. Um, I knew it was up there. I put it on the bottom because I, and I made, I made sure to make a bracketed note, have not seen. Yeah. Well, well, I, so I, I labeled so, mine. Because I didn't really want yeah. it to sway. There, there were some of mine that I just labeled like NS as a Nazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I do want to note also this was directed by Pete Docter, who oh. is the same director as Up uh-huh. and Monsters, Inc. Yeah. And... Yeah. He's gotten me to cry in each of his <laughs> Yes, he has. I have to say, because um, we mentioned the casting, perfect casting. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. Louis Black is anger, yeah. Mickey Kaling oh is God, disgust. So I was not a fan Amy Poehler is good. No? Or Amy Poehler. I was not a particular fan. What? what? But here's the, one, what? here's the one that I really wanted to bring up. Richard Kind. Oh, it's Bing Bong. Richard yeah. Kind. The best. If you don't oh, know man. who he is, he is one of those "Hey, it's that guy" actors. Yeah. Um, he has bit parts in um, Scrubs. He's the hypochondriac. Yep. He plays uh, Jesse's former boss in Burn Notice, which tells you the reference pool I'm drawing from. <laughs> Spin City hitter. He's a regular on Spin yeah, City. Yeah. Regular he was in Mark's Life. Mm-hmm. He, he has, he's the mayor in Gotham. He, oh. Yeah. Oh, he is my least favorite actor, or pretty darn close. I hate him so much. His voice, to me, is like nails on a chalkboard. Can't stand it. Cannot stand him as an actor. Don't like anything he's in. And yet... (laughs) Guys, this is the third consecutive podcast where we have talked about Inside Out, at least to some extent. So I may have mentioned this already, because I say this every time I talk about the movie. The fact that... Inside Out, 
made me cry over a ridiculous-looking fuzzy animal character designed to sell plush toys, voiced by Richard Kind, <laughs> named Bing Bong. <laughs> Shows that, the, like, that this movie's got something. I think he's great in everything. And he that's, is. And ma like, maybe you don't enjoy him because he's in those roles that Maybe, I, I, I really think skin. it is. I really think it is. And, but he's, he's really so good, good at annoying characters. Who's your but, friend who likes to play Bing Bong, Bing Bong? Did I mention on the last podcast or the one before, oh. my sister like studies elementary music. She like is always teaching students and everything like that. But mm -hmm. those that note progression or whatever, mm -hmm. Bing Bong, Bing Bong, is like the first thing that kids can imitate. Yeah. And so it makes sense that it, yeah, her imaginary friend would make those sounds and you know I also love the fact that there was absolutely no sense to his like design it is what very much exactly? it's very He's much like, exactly. I'm not sure I mean I'm made of cotton candy I'm part elephant I'm part dolphin dolphin he's like hey he makes a dolphin sound well, like, yeah, animals were very big back then you know the cow goes moo <laughs> no, the best part is he does that little stance when he does the yeah. but I don't know if you noticed that he goes almost 2D when he does that Mm -hmm. Yeah, like his whole perspective kind of skews a little bit, and he looks two D when he does the uh, the dolphin sound. And speaking of two D in a in a three D environment, um, the character design for fear, like most mm -hmm. most of the characters that Pixar creates, you know, it's done three D modeling, so they have, you know, they turn and they very visibly turn. Fear moves a lot like a 2D character, where no matter what way he's facing, pretty much you see the same two big eyes staring towards the front of the camera. Like, his little curly hair yeah, yeah, yeah. kind yeah, of is always at one side or the other. He is modeled like a 2D character, and it's really interesting. Well, and it works for the character of Fear. I used to hate these character designs, but they've grown on me quite so, a bit. So, I, this is probably something that none of you guys will relate to, because none of you have my job. But I, I, <laughs> I've been playing with the character Fear, and... It's very much a 3D model, so there's very much a specific way that he's done. And when I finally got to see him in the movie, I was like, oh, oh, this is genius. <laughs> Too bad it looks so different. But. Well, yeah, I mean, Stephen, you mentioned that his eyes are always facing forward. Well, if you're fear, you're always on the lookout. Yeah. So, I mean, that actually makes sense on a deeper level, even. And Having him watch the dream as it slowly became a nightmare. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, now I gotta look up. Oh, dream man. Studios, just that entire sequence was. Jangles the Cloud. <laughs> Reality filter. He's just like, did you jangles? <laughs> when, they, when they come across him, it's just like this horrifying thing. He's like, is it someone's birthday? <laughs> just, oh. And then, so. and then the callbacks at the end, where it goes into all the different... Well, oh. that, that whole sequence where it goes into the other people's heads. Uh -huh. My wife... Girl, like, girl, it hits, girl. Yeah, the, the teenage boy who just freaks out when he runs into a girl, and like everything, everything on his head is on fire, and alarms are going off, and just, ah! Girl, girl, girl. Yeah. My favorite My is still... My wife freaks out every time that It's comes still the dog. Oh, the, the dog, dog. Or the cat. The cat. The cat. <laughs> I hate cats. <laughs> so, it was so, so I, I don't know if you guys uh, want to get into this, but so it's something that I noticed, and eventually the internet noticed. Um, but it was a, a thing that I don't know if you guys noticed. It's a lot of times to use the word notice. Um, mm -hmm. that all I of noticed. the all of, <laughs> all of the emotions inside the father are essentially male, uh -huh. and the same with the mother. And I thought it was kind of interesting that Riley has a mostly female cast of three of them. And two of them are still male. She's still figuring out her emotions. Exactly. And you see in dad's brain that anger is driving. Yeah. Anger is kind of the head guy. They're mm -hmm. all working together. In the mother's brain, it's sadness. 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 I think in, it's 
you know, maybe more empathy than yeah, I, I think so too because yeah. it's more sophisticated emotion because yeah. it's an adult who's yeah. learned how to deal with their issues. A lot yeah. of people, a lot of people like to think that she's depressed and he's like a raging alcoholic, and I'm like, I think you're no, too that's much like, into that's it. That's too but simple of an explanation. Exactly, but you I, th- know. I think it, it also has to go with, especially the time and age where we are now, we're talking about sexuality and that type of thing. I think it's kind of important to know that a lot of people are figuring out that as you grow up, you kind of have male and female type of thinking and chemicals in your brain and stuff like that. It's not really until you get older that you really kind of figure out where on that side of the now, of the coin are. that you, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of cool that Some they did that. Some of us never figure out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's kind of cool that they did that for Riley where she has like male counterparts still in her head because like you said, she's still figuring out who she is, what her emotions are. I, just think, I think you should cast Bill Hader in everything. Yes. And I yeah. think that Louis yes. Black was perfect casting for yeah. Anchor. So good. It Whereas was... you should not cast him in everything. <laughs> he is the perfect ingredient, uh, maybe not in like a, a, a cheerful movie. Right. I mean, this is a happy movie, but there's a lot of sadness <laughs> in it. Louis um, Black's performance in Taming of the Shrew just leaves something to be desired. Yeah. 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 He doesn't make a good shrew. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved that whenever Anger was reading the newspaper, it was what was going on in Riley's life. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, Dessert canceled. He's like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> and they go to the... <laughs> Congratulations, San Francisco! You've ruined pizza. First the Hawaiians, no you. I like, like his Hawaiian little pizza. Oh, it's disgusting! I have to say my favorite. I don't like Hawaiian pizza. Thank you. You shouldn't put fruit on pizza. No, uh, call it something else. I, I still have pizza. to say my favorite joke, and I mentioned this last time. It's still the swear word thing. Because <laughs> Let's use that swear word we know. Which, <laughs> which his face and mannerisms they caught so perfectly. Well, yeah. the thing the thing I love about it though is like once again that these are characters who, although look adult, are not adult because the uh-huh. person who said they are in is not an adult. Yeah. So he reacts to swear words not the way an adult does, but the way like a kid would. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's like the best part where he has like access to that one swear word that he wants to use, and then they give him access to the to a bigger swear word library. Yeah. And that's like the part where he just gets even more excited, <laughs> and I was just like, "That's I love that because it's not he's he's not a joyous emotion, oh. but yet he's he's joyous about that." And I think that the nuance of emotion is one of the things that makes Inside Out so compelling. Like yeah. these emotions, they're and it, it's one of the things that was the hardest for me to accept going into the movie. But once I watched it, I realized it worked. These emotions feel like they're very flat. Like human beings are more nuanced than having five emotions. But as the movie progresses, you start to see like joy comes to understand why sadness is important. Sad and and even like Riley's personality comes to accept these as part of what makes life worth living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The movie ends with a celebration of. Friendly arguments and tragic teenage vampire romance novels. <laughs> um, so anger and sadness being used in positive ways. It, it's and that yeah. was and that was part of the story. That, like to tell the story, they didn't want to have it too cluttered. They had they. It says the writers con- considered up to twenty seven different emotions, but settled on five to make it less complicated. Some of the major emotions that ended up being cut included surprise, pride, trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, there there were other things that you know. You could hmm. you could do, but it just as, as far as the story and what they wanted to tell, they mm-hmm. left it at that. So yeah. I kind of um, get the feeling that if we keep talking about this for too much longer, we're like gonna spoil the whole thing, and nobody's gonna want to see it anymore. <laughs> Basically, like, what we're saying is, it. go and see you this should. movie. It's yeah. wonderful. What's our yeah. number one? Number one, not surprising. Incredibles. Four. It's Incredibles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Wow. yeah. 
I, yeah, it, I it was my. Um, yeah. I, I I would like to point out that the top three match my top three exactly. I I I don't know. Well, I put Wally. I think well, I think Wally must be my I think Wally was either. I think Wally was four for me. Okay. Wally was five Wally for me. One, yeah, four. Because I I love Wally because seven. As much as everybody despises it because there's really no, no Wally dialogue for the characters, it's I love that it's such a major statement about society. And I'm just like, boom, in your face. This is exactly which, what would happen which if, is if, something it, if that, this was the case. Which is something that they came to later because originally it was just going to be a, a, a race of aliens. Right. And Wally, but then they were able to turn it into something relevant. Like. And, and the social commentary is the reason that Wally's not number one on my list. That's yeah. the thing about, a little preaching. The thing about Pixar uh, movies is posts. that yeah. I'm not interested in them making a big point about the but, world and how we all suck. I just want to be happy. I don't need what's some that, political what's that, what, You know, there's a there's a movie out there. I can't remember. Oh gosh, never mind. There's there's oh, like those, list. There's no there's yeah, yeah, that's a, no there's the movies that are like. Hardcore, like, yeah, Fern Gully. Yeah. Environmentalism! Right, right, right. Shove it down your throat. Rah, take it, like it. <laughs> How many environmentalist movies have a little robot dancing with another little robot in outer space? Not enough. Not <laughs> it's oh, isn't it the best world. part of it when they're dancing in space? Yeah, and oh, oh, it's beautiful. That's the reason Wally's not number six on my list. <laughs> <laughs> that part's so good. Yeah. The, the best moment of, of the entire show for me was actually. When Eve sees everything that Wally did oh, for her while yeah. she was, oh. while she was, just, you know, oh, in her stasis, you're not allowed to. Uh, no, no, she's no, just no, a you, little icon, no. you know. You, you know, can still feel. You know. I think that was my favorite moment of The Incredibles too. Mm. You remember how we were supposed to be talking about The Incredibles? I was, was gonna bring it around. Movie? I was gonna bring it around. Uh, top five for all of us. Higher than that for most of us. Like just across the board. I think that that has a lot to do with Brad Bird. Yes. Um, he understands oh geeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, but like just a really talented filmmaker. Absolutely. And I, I watched all the special features on The Incredibles today just to kind of refresh. And it's, if you haven't watched it, it's worth like it's like an hour and a half. You've got the art stuff. of book over there. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's just so gorgeous. Good. I, the I, color I, scripts, uh, are, I want them on my wall. Like, I want like the full, like, it's just amazing. The, the really art books that Disney puts out. Or it's not Disney. What's the name? It's got Pixar. The, well, no, it's, um, I forget the publishing company. Anyway, they, they put they're, out they're art great. books for almost every Disney film, Disney yeah. slash Pixar film. Um, and some of these books are better than others. Like, I have the book for Brave, and I'm not a fan of it. Mm. I have the book for Tangled, and it's amazing. I checked out the Incredibles book from the library, and, The yeah. library's not getting it back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to return they, it, I'm honest. So at that <laughs> ritual late fee. The, the, so the story behind Incredibles, at that point they had made Toy Story, Toy Story 2, well, Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story 2, and Monsters, Inc. Mm -hmm. And they were afraid of getting complacent. Four hit movies, Und undeniable hit movies, great movies. Everybody loved them. They made a lot of money, and they also were really great. So they said, yeah. "Hey, let's." Do they were this like, stone. "We want to shake this. We want to shake things up to make sure that we're, you know, not going to just be okay with what we're thinking of." And at the time, a summer movie that was about superheroes was a novelty. Yeah. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. This was, so this was two thousand four when this came out. So we had Spider. We had a Spider-Man movie. We had the old Batmans, but they you know gone the way of Batman uh, yeah. and Robins. So Batman, we had X Men out. We had X Men one and two. Wasn't it Batman? Wait, what year did it come out? Two thousand four. Two thousand five was Batman Begins. Okay, I was gonna say. Yeah. So, 
we're at that point, and this this is on my top like top five best superhero movies, even after all of what yes, Marvel's done. Yes, I agree mm-hmm. wholeheartedly. It's the best version of the of the Fantastic Four that we're ever going to see. The way yeah. you know that's just how it is. Yeah. And, um, so Brad Bird had gone to school, gone to Cal Arts with the rest of the guys. He did Iron Giant. You know, he did Which other stuff on his own. That's a really good mm-hmm. one. Sorry, tangent. Um, Fathom Events, they broadcast um, opera. They do special screenings of like riff tracks. They do special screenings of um, anime movies. Anime movies. Um, next month in September, they are bringing the Iron Giant back to theaters. I'm so excited. We're going with my three-year-old niece, and she's going to... But he's Superman. Oh my gosh. I don't, I don't need a niece to go to that movie. I'm going by No, myself. I'm saying, I'm just excited to see it, you know, oh, okay. in the, like that perspective oh, as well oh, yeah. as mine oh, going, yeah. <laughs> this is a big robot. So, <laughs> tangent over. So, he brought a lot of 2D people, and so they were doing a lot with this movie because up until that point, the human characters, if any, had been a side thought. You know, right. in, in, there, there aren't really any in, in Bugs Life. Maybe you see, like, their feet right. or shadows or something. Toy Story, they're minimal at best. You know, there's a couple of them, but not really main characters. Um, and Monsters, there's there's Boo. You know, one little girl, really. Um, who's wonderful, but that's besides the point. Right. So they had a whole cast of humans. They had to deal with hair. They had to deal with clothing. So a lot of things that uh, Pixar hadn't done yet. It was a great accomplishment. I still think it holds up. Um, you know, it helps that they stylize it a lot. And yeah. that's the thing. It's stylized, so it's not that... It, going back to the Uncanny Valley thing, it's not a perfect... You know, Bob's head is a Roman helmet. They talk about it in, right. the, in the features. The shape of it, it's not really what a human head looks like. Right. But he moves believably. I mean, as believably as he can for a superhero. Right. You know, but the way they move, the way they act, and just the the dialogue is really good. The writing is really good. I look good. forward to the second one. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I'm 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 nervous because I don't want to mess with a great thing. Because like the Incredibles, I mean, it's our it's our top movie. It's wonderful. It's amazing. Like, but if there's any Hun, but, where's if. my super suit? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's good. Why do you want to know? I need it. Why do you need it? <laughs> the, the public was... is in danger. My evening's in danger. <laughs> you told me about my Sudanese woman. We're talking about the greater good. The greater good. I'm the greatest good you are ever gonna get. <laughs> it was inevitable that somebody was gonna quote that. Um, <laughs> or syndrome. Every time my hair is messed up in the morning, my wife calls me syndrome until I put some jello it's, product on it. It's one of the few lines where I'm perfectly a-okay with Samuel Jackson not dropping an F-bomb. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah. I want to listen to the outtakes where he just drops F-bombs. Because <laughs> you know they exist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a there's a dirty movie out there somewhere. <laughs> oh, I blankety-blanked up that line, didn't I? Yeah. But, but, okay, yeah. so let's say the, the sequel to The Incredibles is bad. We are, for the most part, comic book fans, superhero fans. We're certainly fans spoiled. of superhero movies. We're very spoiled. Um, and if there's one thing that superhero movie fans are good at, it's ignoring bad sequels. <laughs> it's no, we're not. It's all, well, <laughs> Our community refuses to let go of Daredevil and Green Lantern. Oh, I've let go of Daredevil and Green Lantern. Yeah, community has. But I'm talking about X-Men 3. <laughs> Ugh. Which, you know, they made another movie oh, yeah. completely I to write it out of existence. You know what's funny is... You, We're okay you, with you, this. You, you just said that, and my brain went, three? Oh, yeah, there was a three. Look how good Brian Singer the fact, is. The fact that you were just Look talking about how we forgive sequels that are bad, and it's honest, we all see them, so they make enough to make another one just so we can forget the one that was bad. Yeah. <laughs> you mean, 
Batman and Robin did not kill the Batman franchise. It did well, kind of kill superhero movies for a while, yeah. but they made another Batman movie and it made more money than actually exists. So, yeah. yeah. Um, it, I think that they did, like, the acting is really great, and that's a combination of great voice talent as well as great animators for the Incredibles. Oh, yeah. um, I think it's my first Holly Hunter movie because I saw Raising Arizona later. So I, know I that love that's, Holly Hunter. I know. I love Holly so, Hunter. And, like, Coach, you know, Craig Coach. T. Nelson, like, hey, this is a really great job. Way to go, buddy. Like, <laughs> just, and and, and, and I, I would like to say that if this movie had been directed, had been created by DreamWorks, it would be starring Brad Pitt and, let's say... Angelina Jolie, because... <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Angelina Jolie. And that's it about would be subpar, like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Like, I don't yeah. just want to... Hey, I like that show. I like it, it's but it's, so it could have been so much better. Right. I don't want to just, like, dog on DreamWorks, because I actually think I like DreamWorks better than Brady, but he makes a good point. Yeah. Pixar goes out of their way to get the best the right voice casting. for right. the character. Oh. Because Craig T. Nelson... Was a nobody kind of at this point. He was he, not a nobody. That's that's not. No, quite he had right. retired. He was a kind of. has been yeah. at this point. Nobody really like Mr. Incredible. Oh. Well, I, I would, <laughs> the thing is, is I wouldn't say a has been. He he'd retired. Okay, that's he'd, not But didn't, didn't he come back and do Parenthood? I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so it's, it's like, I think he had just retired from film, but then they're like, I don't know if it's, you have the perfect voice for this character, and he's yeah. like, okay. And he, he just wasn't did have the perfect voice oh, yeah. for it. Oh, yeah. He did. Right. And it's kind of like, I think about Toy Story, Toy Story wouldn't have been the same if anybody other than Tom Hanks had voiced Woody. Mm -hmm. And The Incredibles wouldn't be the same if anybody other than Craig T. Nelson had voiced Mr. Incredible. It yeah. wouldn't have worked. Well, it's a, it's a realistic voice. There's... There's life to it. It's not uh -huh. too polished. And it fits the character model. Mm -hmm. It's not like those Disney movies like uh, The Emperor's New Groove, not to dog on The Emperor's New Groove, where the characters are modeled after their voice actors. Right. Yeah. Um, which is really scary that Yzma looked like Eartha Kid at that time. Yeah. Um, but, like... Really scary. Even what though is that, holding this woman together? <laughs> even though Mr. Incredible doesn't look like uh, Craig Nelson... He sounds like the voice. You can imagine that yeah. voice coming well, out of the it's, body. It's, yeah, because he's he's middle-aged at that point. He's probably close to 50. He's done life. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's getting ready to move on to the next level with kids into, you know, junior high and high school. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny that, like, he talks about settling down in the little video before mm -hmm. the film mm -hmm. strip before. And Mrs. Incredible, Elastigirl, is like, I'm not going to settle down. Are you kidding me? No, I don't think so. And then it flips. Like, she takes over the role and, and does her best with the family, you know. And he's kind of, you know, longing for the glory days. And I think that it's, you know. That feels like a very realistic portrayal yeah. of, of what happens when you get married. Because I'm, I am not married. My married friends all tell me that the instant they get married and they have kids, their entire perspective changes. Mm -hmm. And it's... Mm -hmm. Very easy to see well, from my perspective. Well, getting resentful. It's, it's no. It's very. It's very true because, uh, you know, like I'm getting ready to have a second. You know, and it's been almost eleven years from from our first. Holy cow! Oh, wow. But you know, so so we're we're you know we decided to to go for IVF and and give it a try. But uh, it's it's that point where life changes to the point where you're like you start feeling more like yourself because your children become very independent. And when you think about it, his children were at that point where they were independent. Mm -hmm. They were going to be fine if he wasn't home, you know, and he knew the wife had the baby. So he was thinking about like, 
himself much more yeah. and that does honestly happen mm. and it's it, it just makes so much sense and that's why there's that relatability that we always talk about with pixar films mm-hmm. is next thing you know you're looking at it and going that could be me so one of, one of the quick quick like trivia tidbit um i didn't i didn't know who uh, holly hunter was until i just looked at her wiki and like, i did not oh. realize that she is senator finch in batman v superman yep and that is why that her voice was eerily familiar to me. And I yep. couldn't put it's very distinctive, it. very good. Like I, I really like it. I yeah. love Holly Hunter. Um, now we'll see in Superman. Maybe she'll like. No, I'm kidding. Reach for something. I don't know. She can, she, she can break necks at a distance. Oh jeez. So um, that's well, another thing that's great about the Incredibles. Nobody's neck gets broken. Yeah. Almost. Uh, yeah. Actually, what? I might have to retract that it's statement. Like, well, well, when he. When yeah. he's trapped and he grabs a mirage. Well, he's bluffing. Also, yeah. uh, no capes. No capes. No capes. Also, Ed Bird. Bird. Yes. The thing is, is I remember, isn't it in the in this in the extras where he talked about he was trying to find somebody to voice the character and then he just decided to do it himself. Well, that happened with a couple. Like Bob Lucky does the voice of the lawyer, where. People at the studio will do voices just for a scratch track, just a temporary voice, just to fill a place and kind of, you know, help them, yeah. you know, start doing the animation process. And then some of them will be like, hey, we can't get any better than this. And with that one, it's like, no one can do this weird accent that she has and match this energy, and it's just perfect. Die. The funny thing is, though, <laughs> I don't remember her name. There's an actress out there who looks exactly like Edna Mode. Oh, oh I'm sure there is. Oh, CSI. Yeah, right? yeah, NCIS. NCIS. Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking the principal from um, Kindergarten Cop. Yes, that's the same actress. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She looks exactly like her. Yeah, it's very scary. It is. <laughs> Edna Mode. End guest. Just, oh, I love it. Everything about that. And, and it takes elements of early Bond that I like. Yes, yeah. like the coolness of it without the sexism. What one of my favorite. <laughs> it, uh, I like, like Bond. It's the version that they were talking about how it's like a retro future. It's what they imagined in like you know mid '60s what the future would be like. So it's you know you look at the design of a lot of things and you're like this is kind of old fashioned, but wait they have technology and so what it, it's you know, this kind of alternate kind of you know version of events. It's very in keeping with a lot of the best portrayals of superheroes. You think about the Batman animated series, the uh-huh. first Tim series, very much. Uh, it, it seemed influenced by it, by the the character models. Almost. You can't you can't be a superhero cartoon post ninety five and not be influenced by Batman yeah, the Animated it's Series true. in some way or another. But it like a lot of superhero comics. The heyday of superhero comics really was you know like the nineteen sixties science fiction, looking at not the way that technology was actually going to go, which was more a Star Trek thing, but just kind of this wild fantasy of what it's like. The golden um, age. Yeah. yeah, and. A lot of the best superhero stories do that, and The Incredibles does it very well. Mm-hmm. So I think that we're missing an element in our discussions of Pixar movies that I think is extremely important. John Ratzenberger? And... <laughs> well, John Ratzenberger is, is stuck very at the end. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But um, Michael Giacchino. Oh, well, he's which ones has he, he done? He's done... Is it really Giacchino? I thought it was Giacchino. Giacchino or Giacchino? Yeah. I've heard Giacchino. I've, I've heard Jock, you know, like, However he pronounces his name, um, whatever, he, he writes great music. He, he, you he write writes, good music, you can pronounce your name however you want. He, he, he writes did. amazing music, but this movie in particular... Yeah, this was well, this was his first Pixar movie. Right? I think so, and then he's done a few since then. I think he did Up. 
He definitely did it up, and he did. He did inside out. He did inside out. Inside, inside out got one of the gorgeous. greatest soundtracks. It's gorgeous. so good. Um, uh. He did the. He works with J.J. Abrams, so he did the new Star Trek. Bowed out of doing the new Star Wars because you can't. It's John Williams, yeah, he, and he understood that, and and like good for him for like not trying because. Well, and, and he, yeah. he did Lost, which actually has great music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really good point because he's amazing and has won a couple of Oscars for that. Um, yeah, he did. I'm just going through uh, Ratatouille, which is amazing music too. Yeah, I love and, music and it's, it's the best uh, Pixar movie in my opinion, Brady. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, we'll watch it sometime and point that out. What show? Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Oh, <laughs> I love Ratatouille. I think it's just it's yeah, just the best. You went off on it, and everybody kind of glazed over with their eyes. <laughs> it's about a rat that pulls a man's hair. I didn't. Believe. You know, if you ask me, it's that about, man needs to see a hospital. It's about. <laughs> Never mind. It's just, about evading. I'm just giving. I'm, I'm just that, doing the that's devil. Right. <laughs> it's about getting around the health inspectors <laughs> and dealing with uh, kidnapping uh, and yeah. <laughs> and shut up! I love that movie. <laughs> anyway, we also love The Incredibles. The Incredibles is so good and I, really top five of best superhero can movies. I, can I say one of those things yeah. that for for me as a comic book fan and a guy that has loved comic books. Long before I watched uh, The Incredibles, mm-hmm. I loved all the little jokes about comic books. Oh, that, monologuing. The monologuing. Oh, yeah. The monologuing. Oh, the side, you call me monologuing. The, the monologuing, the sidekicks, the, the whole yeah. secret identity, all that stuff, really fun stuff that, like, people are now barely, like, learning about those uh-huh. tropes and those jokes and that type of thing. Yeah. And for me, I'm just like... Incredibles was ahead of the curve. Oh yeah. As far as making those jokes. As far as addressing those familiar things that no one ever questioned before, like yeah, yeah, they do monologue a lot. Why tell James Bond how you're gonna kill him? Why not just shoot him? I guess they brought that up in Austin Powers. Yeah. <laughs> I have a gun in my room. I mean, but Scott, that's not how we do it. Again, you want to talk about? Um, we've been talking about the Incredibles being basically the Fantastic Four. Mm. The Incredibles was basically Watchmen. That's, that's not right. that's not novel. The point's been oh, yeah, made because they were yeah. retired superheroes yeah. and going into hiding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's it's also, better than the Watchmen. It's, it also a lot it, cleaner. Lot, yeah. yeah. If you really want to, the Watchmen was not meant to be clean. Nope. nope. <laughs> and, and in fact, it was actually clean compared to the graphic novel. Yeah. Yep. And if you want to take a look, take a little step further, I think it addressed the superhero registration before Marvel actually addressed That's true. superhero registration. Because that was and it Civil did it Civil War did. Well, yeah. you know, it was already out in the comics, so the the influence was definitely there. No, it, no, the it, comics, the Civil War comics came out in two thousand six. It's not talking about the no. I'm talking Civil about War. the registry because the registry was in the the X Men. For the, throughout the eighties. Oh, exactly. yeah. That's a mutant. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. We we uh, <clears throat> separate mutant rights from superhero rights. Like they are two separate states. issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so glad I'm wearing glasses for it's, that because it usually looks different. stupid when I'm not. Uh, well, it, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> well, you know, it, if uh, yeah, if X Men wasn't owned by a different company, they could have. They could the actually movies. say mutants. That's true, and uh, too bad that. Um, and you could great you could got. have that wonderful crossover with the X Men and the Avengers. No, and, and you, uh, I'm just glad that they still have the Inhumans to work with. And, but no, but true. did you even know who the Inhumans were three years nope. ago? Exactly. Nope. Not yes. even uh, two years. ago. Well, <laughs> I don't know. You have to. I, I have to be a comic book person oh, to yeah. really know it. it. Just, I'm yeah. sorry, Brady. I, 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 I somehow knew about Lockjaw. 
the best. He's it's like a, the he's a giant teleporting bulldog. He is the best. <laughs> it's just like one of those that's just science talking. <laughs> it's better than Medusa. She can control her hair. Yes, this is well, yeah, uh, she's a redhead with a purple outfit, I believe, right? Yes, yeah, she yeah. is. Yep. She's the queen. Man, I, that's like takes me back to the, reading the encyclopedias of all the characters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, anyone else have anything to say about Pixar in general or about uh, um, Incredibles? Incredibles before we wrap it up? I, I, Brad you know, I always feel bad for that eye. Man, it gets picked on every opening movie. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Flattened out. Damn, yeah. damn lamp. Damn you! <laughs> they just, Picking on they eyes. Just, I keep waiting for it to shoot it up. I know, yeah. Right? See? Um, I, I, I have to correct your grammar there. It's picking on me. <laughs> Boo! They didn't, they didn't wow. do anything special for the eye, considering the Incredibles logo is an eye. They no, they just put instead of the sound effects of it making of the little lamp jumping, mm -hmm. it was just the opening music. Yep. That's yeah. Yeah. That's, I feel like it's a missed opportunity. Typically, it's yeah. Mm, I don't no, think it's. it's a, I don't think it's a missed opportunity. I think it was a proper thing not to do it. Because it would have. It would have put too much. Uh, comedy too soon. Okay. Yeah. Because this the story started out very serious in order to get everybody attached to the overall plot. Right. So start out with a mind bomber. Yes, bomb voyage. Monsieur They all tried to bomb Perry on, but they couldn't get the right bomb Perry on. That's a classic, like that whole, like saying your villains that bomb voyage. Just oh, so good. So the the first time that I watched The Incredibles, I watched it in Russian. <laughs> and that Bon Voyage scene got me because, you know, they kept him, kept the original voice for the Mr. Incredible, you know, <laughs> and they actually kept that there. Yeah, so nice. funny, so great. Um, I don't know, we, we should just do an Incredibles podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome to episode 50 of the Incredibles podcast. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about that scene where Jack-Jack catches on fire. <laughs> I love Jack Jack Attack. In the, oh my gosh, I, I was just that. thinking, they're all going to be like five, six years old, or it'll be interesting. In the, I wonder what if they're, they're going to do that. So Jack Jack's going to be like a 12 year old with well, he's control over his powers. powers. Yeah. And it would be well, great. He's, yeah. they, they made a mention that he's going to be like one of the most powerful superheroes of all times because he has not just a couple of powers, but so many. It's going to be interesting to see The Incredibles 2 now that people are a lot more familiar with superheroes. Right. That's well, true, but it's, you know, it's the same writer, same director, so we'll see. Same. And he he was resisting it for a long time. Well, yeah. Without like a good story that been, made it work. It's been yeah. ten years. That's. But they also said the same thing with Toy Story Four. They would never do another Toy Story unless there was, unless a good script was presented, and finally there was. Has anybody read? There's a book. I think it's called Fail Fast. I've um, heard of it, but I it, it's basically the Pixar. I don't know if it's like the Pixar Bible, but basically that's the premise of, of uh, everything they do. Um, their philosophy is get the bad ideas out there so they can be fixed. If things are going wrong, let them go wrong so you can fix it. Right. And so that, I mean, that, that speaks a lot to what Pixar's philosophy is. If they have something that's not going the way they want it to go, they'll scrap it and they'll do something else that's gonna gonna be better more in line with their mission. And as long as they keep doing that, I'm going to keep being a fanboy. Right. Yeah. Well, how many times have they have they 
said that they've changed the story for the good dinosaur. I know that it's at least once, if not twice. Yeah. I'm not happy. Well, I'm wondering what kind of delays caused that. Like, they're like, we didn't have a Pixar movie last year. They were pretty steady, but then they were like, no, and we're getting two this year. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, they have a couple of movies in the pipeline here. Well, they have, you know... Uh, they just released the Good a, Dinosaur. Yeah, they have, about them yeah, they have Good Dinosaur. Being they released have, under Disney as well, and that actually has me concerned. Uh, well, yeah. Aren't they all? And then, like, yeah, you know, it's but Disney, you, Pixar. Yeah, but, you know, Disney gave us the... Oh, man, I'm going to get into so much trouble because I actually don't like Rick It Ralph. Um, oh, come on. Come on. Yeah, they gave us... They gave us Wreck-It Ralph. Hey. They gave us But they gave us Big Hero 6. They did give us Big Hero 6. And Frozen. I know how much you love Frozen. I love Tangled. Like 75% of Frozen and 90% of Tangled. <laughs> Look, I'll give you stuff that came out between Emperor's New Groove and Tangled. I love Emperor's Well, Princess and the Frog was alright. But others, like... Princess yeah. and the Frog was alright. Didn't really care for Chicken Little. Didn't see I Home on the Range. Chicken Wait, Chicken Little was Disney? Yep. Home on the Range oh. was kind of like... I thought that was Dreamworks. Nope. Brother Bear. Brother Bear. Chicken Bear. Little's in Kingdom Hearts. Brother Bear just makes me cry. Brother Bear was just... That's right, yeah. he is. But they have uh, Finding Dory. Thanks for ruining it for me again. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No. Finding Dory, Toy Story 4. They have a oh, Dia Finding de los Muertos movie yeah. that's yep. going to yep. come is out. Is that Pixar or is that yeah. Disney? It's, it's called Coco. That, oh, I'm so right. excited. Yeah, it's called Coco. I'm it's so Pixar. concerned. Why? Because of... Yeah, yeah, The Book of life. life was, like, one of my favorite movies of last year. It's still a couple years out, so maybe it'll be... Yeah, like, it's it's going to be, like, 16, 17, so... So maybe enough time will be passed that they can do their own thing, but or they'll scrap they, it. They have to do their own thing, is what I'm saying. Oh, they okay. have to. If it's if it's too similar to The Book of Life, it's going to be a problem. The Book of... Oh, yeah, I... I well, I can tell you this thing. Coco yeah. probably won't have Channing Tatum. Or Ron Perlman. Uh, good points. Both very good points. <laughs> I mean, as much as I remember. Sometimes it's a plus Chan- to your movie, but, you know, whatever. I love Channing Tatum, but uh, he should not be playing a Spaniard. Well, technically, he was playing a Spaniard, not a Mexican. So, Major difference. Yeah. He was Hispanic, not Latino. <laughs> Brady has a couple of things that are coming out soon. All right, so we have some video game releases this month. Well, actually, there's, there's really not all that much. But there is one thing that I will say. If you have a... PS3 or PS4, Goat Simulator <laughs> what? is Are now you? out. Oh well, my god! And I can't. The, oh, just I've watched this over my son's shoulder for about three minutes. I don't know why it's it sucked me in for three whole minutes, but then I realized this is the stupidest game. This is worse than Flapping Bird. At least that had a premise. You had to get to the end. You could be that bread game. Uh, well, that's actually yeah. not bad, though. Yeah. <laughs> second, oh, I don't, second of I all, apparently don't know uh, about if, that. We're, if we're honest, if we're going to go the Gold Simulator route, because, Jesus, that game doesn't need any more publicity than it already gets from thousands of YouTubers. Uh, what about Secret Ponchos? Get Secret Ponchos. I don't know Secret Ponchos. Secret Ponchos is a stylistic uh, shooting fighting game where you play as Western stereotypes. So you have like a matador. You have a deserter of like a Mexican army. You have an old bounty hunter. Do you have an Italian Secret with a cowboy Poncho? hat? Yeah, Secret wasn't that, wasn't that the, uh, it was a PSN free game. It's, yep, it's, uh, it's it, was, on... it was lots of fun. The controls were a little tough to play so, with, so, mm-hmm. so I lost interest yeah. because honestly, while the graphics were great, and the premise was fun. The controls were just so yeah. slow. So, it didn't feel so it was, quite right. It was on the PS4, but the reason I bring it up is because it's about to make its PC launch. 
and they've gone. That might be better. Well, they fixed the controls. That's yeah, what they the said. They, they've worked on the. Yeah, because the controls the were the major issue that turned me off to it. Because I was like, oh, this looks so much fun. Played for like an hour because I thought, you know, if I give it some time, <laughs> and by the end of the hour, I still couldn't remember which attack did which button sequence. Damn it. That's what I'm like when I'm playing Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, so you just button crush. I've given up because yeah, yeah. button. I I hate losing to button mashers. I'm a queen. <laughs> I just mashers. hate losing, and I've tried the real way and can't do it. So right? <laughs> I, I actually practice Smash Brothers an hour every night. Like I actively, <laughs> I actively sit down and I play online matches, and I every time I'm like, are I'm you gonna part get of the Smash Brother crew? The, the what? No. The teams. No. Oh man, you don't know about the the teams <laughs> in, the, in the valley. They go out so, and do competitions. Right? Right? I mean, not I there's also Smash a Street Brothers Fighter team. Okay, yeah. I know about the there's Street Fighter. There's a dude that I work with. He's so good. I beat. I almost beat him once. It takes the fun away when someone just can kill you with it. You're like, I I grabbed him. Oh, I'm dead again. Oh. oh. Well, that's <laughs> that's your problem. You're using grabs. <sighs> that was an example. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, and then one other thing. It's it's actually another port that came out that I would highly suggest is Zombie, which was originally Zombie U for the Wii U. It's a Wii U launch title. And it's one of, of the creepiest, best um, survival horror games that I have played in a long time. And it's basically Zombie Outbreak in London. And the thing that I love about it is anytime that you die, your character is dead. They become a zombie. And then you become a new character... And you have to go and find your stuff by killing the old you. It's it's actually pretty cool. And instead of yelling brains, they go crumpets, too. Uh, it's funny. Uh, not not, not quite, but you do have you do have a cricket bat. That was as your as your main melee. Well, it was effective in Shaun of the Dead. So yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> I tried. There's not a whole lot of movies coming out. Um, Although we did just have Man from Uncle come out. Oh, Man from Uncle was so good. good. You know, it, so oddly good. enough, the critics hated it. It got a C minus. I think it was 60s, though. Why? If only we had the internet right in front of us. <laughs> All I know is that I was watching that movie, and every time Henry Cavill was on the screen, I was like, I want that suit. <laughs> he looks so good. It, yeah. It's also Henry Cavill. And it's Army true. Hammer, like, I was like, I don't know. Like, I really didn't, because, like, Lone Ranger wasn't supposed to be that good. He was great mm -hmm. and did a great, like... Russian accent. He was the emotional heart of the movie. Yeah. A, a movie it that almost didn't have an emotional heart. Right. It was. Okay, so 55 Metascore. I don't know. Uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes it, yeah, 67. 67. That's good. You no I, I really like it. Fresh. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it, it just goes to show that overall, but I was the Entertainment Weekly was the C minus. Yeah. Yeah. And there, that, I think that's a good. But I liked the TV show, so I was excited for the movie. Have you seen it yet? No, I unfortunately I I I worked the the swing shift from ten to seven, and so it's difficult to get out. Right. I'm going out tomorrow though. Wonderful. And and me, I I love Guy Ritchie. I actually do. Yeah. Like I I love his Sherlock Holmes movies. I even love his two ridiculously British 
to be seen movies that he has, you know, the the lock the lock stock and two smoking barrels. All of those, I love those. If Smash. you like Guy Ritchie, you will love Man from Uncle because it is very so, so, much so, very Guy Ritchie. Very cool. So like a lot of the oh sorry, I'll go ahead. So, sorry, I was gonna say as a as a person that hasn't seen the show, I don't know how well it ties to the actual show. I don't but know either. The way I pitched it to people was like, imagine James Bond if it was written by the guy that writes that made the Sherlock movies because that's honestly what it is. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this, like the cool stuff about The Incredibles, how it's <laughs> like a retro, like it's like the, the 60s but not quite in the music and everything like that, mm -hmm. you I also get that. in Man From Uncle. It's funny because like, the music is great and like the style of it is really cool. I've complained about Minions before. Like Minions <laughs> tries to set its entire story in a very particular time frame mm -hmm. and it just fails. Man from Uncle sets it in the time frame back when you know sexism was cool. It's very James Bond. <laughs> Although the female representation is actually pretty good. She's yeah. great. The, the two female, uh, the two prominent female characters. The twist fails the Bechdel test, but the two prominent female characters because they don't talk to each other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the two prominent female characters are really great characters. And the twist is fantastic. Yeah. Yes. And I love that. Great, twist. now I know that there's a twist. <laughs> what, no, what spy movie doesn't have a twist? And we're, oh, gonna, wait. we're lucky this year with spy movies because Mission Impossible Rogue Nation was awesome. Yes, it was way and had a great female lead as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and we're getting Spectre later this year. So yeah, excited. I'm excited for that one. Yeah. That one I'm geeking out on. I'm, I'm, star a big I'm starting guy. to avoid trailers for that. I've seen a couple little things, but like I'm, I'm, I want to back away and just. Uh, well, I just. I just um, oh, gosh, I can't remember the magazine. They did an entire revamp of the entire Bond universe and they did they had two pages on every film and mm -hmm. actor it was great and so you get all the way up and then they do this four page spread on on Spectre just how it how, was fantastic I'm, I'm excited for the look of it and how cool it is and there's a new car <laughs> this stuff. Just I just love that the fact that they brought the DB5 back yeah. for Casino Royale because yeah. they it, they hadn't had the DB5 since <laughs> the They had beamers for a long, well at least for they for uh, Pierce Brosnan. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. The well the Pierce Brosnan's is it's because BMW got the contract, but yeah, yeah we're yeah. we're probably like, on on the other hand, <laughs> Strata Compton has a nice seventy two percent on one. It's supposed to be really great. Man, yeah, every, like, everybody, thing, there's like, there's like guys that works quoting this film and I and they I hear the quotes and I go this is so not a film I'm going to go see <laughs> but I can respect that other people love it oh, oh well, yeah. absolutely but yeah. I'm just referring to myself yeah exactly exactly <laughs> it seems like it's really well made so I don't uh, think you're in the intended audience yeah white man white yeah, boys white, white boys listen to more gangster rap than uh, you'd be yeah go to my own it was it was a race joke <laughs> we, do have to, we do have to talk about one comic book release i just realized uh the first trade paperback for the unbeatable squirrel girl came oh. out this week oh man drawn by erica henderson <laughs> and written by the guy who writes dinosaur comics no did you realize that squirrel girl is actually one of the most powerful she characters beat dr. Doom. she beat dr doom Individually, I believe that the first story arc of the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl is about Squirrel Girl versus Galactus. So yeah, <laughs> so so I I heard Sold. something. I heard right that there. Marvel is bringing Devil Dinosaur back. Yes, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. This looks fantastic. Oh, I did see that. Devil Dinosaur is yeah. one of the kind of forgotten great Jack Kirby creations. Man did not make much garbage. He made some, but not much. Um, 
And so they're revamping it. They're bringing the dinosaur. It used to take place in the Stone Age, or I think Jack Kirby called it the Age of X because Jack Kirby had a flair for the dramatic. Um, but now they're bringing the dinosaur from the Stone Age into the modern age, and his companion, instead of being this like little cave boy, is this adorable little girl. I'm so excited. I'm all about little girls and monsters like teaming up. It's great. <laughs> I really thought he was going to stop, and I'm all about little girls. I like little girls. They make me feel so good. <laughs> okay. I, I, I little girls, they make and that's, me feel and that's, so good. And yes, Your Honor, that's when we knew that there was an issue. <laughs> so, hey, the, my name is not Jared. <laughs> oh, I'm a oh, oh, I've been actively avoiding that. Thank you for that's saying That's why I would say I liked Quiznos before. This <laughs> Uh, okay, so so one more thing. Yeah. Um, so next month's podcast, we're going to announce what we're doing right now because we want you guys to watch this along with us so that you can really relate to the podcast. It's going to be all about Doctor Who. Here it goes. <laughs> but and, I've already seen them all. Which, and specifically five episodes that we're going to be discussing. Oh. So... Yes, they are disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. Oh, okay. I don't want to watch any disgusting. That we will be... Dis- dis- yeah, whatever. I can't talk right we're now. We're not going to do a Doctor Who's on first kind of joke thing no. on no. Doctor Who? So, we're, we're doing... <laughs> Maybe episode three. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so these are the five episodes that you will need to watch. haircut. From Christopher Eccleston's Doctor, the episode Dalek. Okay. All right. From the David Tennant Doctor, Girl in the Fireplace. Okay. Great episode. Great episode. The Dalek is a good episode. From Matt Smith, Vincent and the Doctor. Yes! I'm okay. so excited about this right now, you guys. Anyway. From all of them, Day of the Doctor. All right. Okay. Right. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's it's the 50th anniversary special, and it's amazing. I love, I love the Day of the Dalek because... They're in Utah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Well, you know, I have to get my two cents in because I'm not yeah, going to be here. That's true. However, you know, you guys do a monthly podcast. So if you really need a jonesing during the week, <laughs> come listen to the Closet Geek because we are a weekly podcast. This is and called Cross Promotion. Yeah. It's the Cross Promotion Hour. Yeah, so, exactly. Closet Geek. Hey, so, episode fifth episode, it, it, it took a little bit of. Working my emotions out to decide which Capaldi episode we're going to do, but we're going to do Time Heist. Okay, so, so he described yeah, this other episode, and then he said, the other one's called Time Heist, and this is sold. <laughs> that, that's a good yeah, one, though. Yeah, well, I was debating between Time Heist and Listen, because Listen is really great, but it's also very conceptual. Yeah, I'm like, deep. well, you have to really be in the whole Doctor Who world, yeah. and, and so you really got to pick a, a good standalone. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, so, and the heist is, uh, Time Heist is far so better. So for those of us that hear names and just hear blah 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 British names um, <laughs> is there like a season number and episode number because I don't want to we, we will be oh, posting absolutely. that on, yeah we'll, okay. we'll be posting that on our Facebook page because I am putting minimal effort into this <laughs> <laughs> oh I plan on I, I, I enjoyed Girl in the Fireplace that's the only one that I've seen of them I like I plan the on name. making fun of it a little bit too so <laughs> you know yeah. usually I don't put Girls in the Fireplace it okay. gets messy <laughs> Just saying. But when it's a portal it's to actually a really clean Steven, the body. Yeah, Steven likes to put little girls in the fireplace. Oh, man, you guys are getting the wrong idea about me. All I'm saying is I like Oingo Boingo. I, so, I love Oingo Boingo. Or, of course, at that point in time, they were almost Boingo. So, <laughs> so for Reviews versus the World versus Pixar, this has been John, Brady, Emily, Aldo, uh, Steven, and Michael uh, signing off. Yeah, pretty much. Woo! Thank you for having me.
Because you guys do like a one month, like two hour.